the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show coming to you from Denver, Colorado, where last night it went down to 19 degrees, and may I say, it felt it. The joke is I... I go, as you all know, I fly and I travel a great deal, and the I continue to make the mistake that I've made all of my life. I think everything is Southern California. So I, I simply forget to take warm clothing, and I had a sports jacket on, or a sport jacket. Is it sports jacket or sport jacket? Anyway, welcome to the show. There's a piece in the Atlantic which is, of course, on the left. Uh, but it, it, I'm only mentioning that so you'll understand this is not written by conservatives in a conservative journal. And it is about the, the demise of the human being. The people cheering for humanity's end. A disparate group of thinkers says we should welcome our demise. That's right. Because after all, what really counts is Mother Earth and all the animals and nature. This is a perfect example. I mean, the word perfect is not overstated. It is a perfect example of the conflict between the modern thinking and biblical thinking. Biblical thinking is, and you shall dominate the earth and the nature. You shall dominate nature. Modern thinking tends toward, no, you don't dominate nature. You uh, basically allow nature to do what it wants to do because you are a nuisance uh, in on Mother Earth, on Gaia, the goddess of Earth. That's it. That's, that's what is uh, being, being peddled. Look, I, I, I read to you from the New York Times, all the people who subscribed to the New York Times, who wrote in because they were reacting to an article on on people deciding not to have children because of global warming. They don't want to add a pollutant to the earth, and that's a human. A human is a pollutant. We expel carbon dioxide. Many years ago, I wrote a piece how the left keeps me religious. Now do you understand how literally true that is? The people who mock the Bible, like this, the Stanford University band that I reported to you earlier this week, during halftime Saturday night against BYU, the Mormon University, or as the Mormons prefer, the LDS University. I know why they prefer it, but my... Uh, I feel close, so close to Mormons, I could say it doesn't work because people don't know what LDS means. 
So you just traded a word in for a word that they don't know because nobody says Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They say LDS. Anyway, it was said lovingly what I just said, and I'll leave that at, th at that. They were mocked, the Mormons were, uh, by they had two, uh, two women marry one another th during halftime and mock the, the words that are said in temple, in a Mormon temple, uh, for when a couple, a Mormon couple marries. They mock the left, mocks religion. Those of us who believe in the God of the Bible are primitive. And so the result is the belief that humans are much less significant and indeed, as I said, a pollutant on the face of the earth. And so you have an increasing number of academics writing, and the New York Times had the article. It, it wouldn't be that bad if humanity ended. I read it to you many, not many, a few years ago. I should look it up and read you uh, some excerpts from that. This is the thinking increasingly, not of course not everybody on the left thinks this way, but it is the inevitable way to think there is nothing special about the human if there is no God in whose image the human is created. Everything depends, everything good depends on what we call the Judeo-Christian value system, meaning the biblical worldview. That's why I have written three volumes of a five-volume commentary on the Torah, the basis of the Old and New Testaments, the first five books. And I promise you that if you read it, it will deeply affect your life. It's called The Rational Bible. The third volume just came out in October. We're already in December, which is un unbelievable. Yep. In the 2006 film Children of Men, the director Alfonso Cuaron takes only a few moments to establish a world without a future. The movie opens in 2027 in a London cafe where a TV news report announces that the youngest person on earth has been killed in Buenos Aires. He was 18 years old. In 2009, human beings mysteriously lost the ability to, to bear children. And the film depicts a society breaking down in the face of impending extinction. Moments after the news report, the cafe is blown up by a terrorist bomb. I got to see that film. Can't believe I didn't catch it. So it goes on to speak about the academics and philosophers. The celebrated antinatalist, get the term, antinatalist, against birth. The celebrated, celebrated, note that, antinatalist philosopher David Benatar, whom I've quoted in the past, argues that the disappearance of humanity would not deprive the universe of anything unique or valuable. Do you understand that this is the inevitable result of secular thinking? My life has been devoted, I, I've said this all of my career, to one overwhelming message, the consequences of secularism. Yep. Ask, ask your kid, if your kid is on the left, 
Tell them, they read them this philosopher's statement. The disappearance of humanity would not deprive the universe of anything unique or valuable. Ask your child, if your child is on the left, do you agree or disagree with that statement? That's going to be a fun discussion. The disappearance of humanity would not deprive the universe of anything unique or valuable. This is a celebrated philosopher. If I'm not mistaken, he was either cited or actually wrote a piece in the New York Times. Hmm. The legal scholar Jedediah Purdy offers a good definition of this paradigm shift in his book After Nature, written 2015. The the Anthropocene, that is the human-centered, finds its most extreme expression in our acknowledgement that the familiar divide between people and the natural world is no longer useful or accurate. Because we shape everything from the upper atmosphere to the deep seas, there is no more nature that stands apart from human beings. I don't quite follow that. Did I define Anthropocene correctly? So I just thought I would share that happy opening with you. This is the inevitability. Remember we had this young woman uh, on the show who uh, went on uh, on Tucker Carlson, and she uh, she spoke about how she was poisoned, so to speak. I'm using the term at Mount Holyoke College, where her parents had sent her. She ended up unhappy. She ended up uh, alienated from her uh, parents. Her name is Annabella Rockwell. Annabella is a terrific young woman. She now works for PragerU in the development area. And she was on this show, and that led to her going on to Tucker's show. And she spoke about how PragerU videos helped turn her around from the vile stuff that she had been learning. So a bunch of leftist websites went berserk. Just go went crazy, mocking the idea that there is anything bad, woke. They put woke in quotes. There's no woke taught. You're, it's a healthy regimen at our colleges. Anyway, it all helps explain the divide. And the divide is ultimately even if you're a secular conservative, biblical. I'd like to introduce you to Monorail, America's investment app that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. Monorail is an investment and savings app that is made for patriots by patriots. Doesn't matter whether you're an Apple fan or if you prefer Android, Monorail is available in both environments and online at monorail.com. Monorail is safer for users with bank-level encryption and biometrics. Your money is protected with Monorail through Securities Investor Protection Corporation and the FDIC. No matter how you engage with Monorail, you're getting the security and safety that you need. Whether you're adding funds to your investment account, looking to buy a stock, or putting money aside for future purchases. With Monorail, you can put your money where it matters and utilize the economic power that built this country. 
Don't go somewhere else to trade stocks. Monorail gives you the freedom to purchase whole or fractional shares in companies you believe in. It only takes five minutes to download the app and set up. Join the pro-America money movement. Join Monorail. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here, Denver, Colorado. So I am going to, uh, it's a perfect segue, just perfect into the uh, the story that uh, or the the statement written about the classics by a major Princeton professor. He uh, he is writing about how the classics are dying. Do you know there was one line? It's a I got to read to you a little from him. The man's name is Joshua Katz. He was a world-renowned scholar in the classics. But he, he came out against the woke culture, and that is the uh, the end of his career. And you, uh, he was invited to speak at a classics conference, but there is one thing I want to uh, read to you, uh, and then read to you some of what he wrote about. Listen to this. Listen to this. At Princeton... He writes, my former department, that is the Princeton Classics Department, effective immediately, has decided to allow undergraduates to graduate with a degree in classics without taking as so much as a single semester of either Latin or Greek. Now do you know why it is in no way an exaggeration to say if I hear that I am about to meet or just hear that somebody is a professor in the humanities, the liberal arts, call it what you want, I assume the person is a fool. I know that some professors aren't. We have probably about 40 professors who give PragerU courses. There are, of course, exceptions people who love learning, who love educating. However, the overwhelming majority of professors are destructive fools. The Princeton, I I want you to understand what is happening. This is Princeton, which has just become a wasteland with the rapidity of, of a supersonic airliner. You don't have to take a semester of Latin or Greek to get a degree in the classics. How about this? At UCLA, you can get a degree in English and never have once taken a course on Shakespeare or read a Shakespeare play. Isn't it amazing that the people nurtured in a given arena, it's like the heads of orchestras in the country, because I know music well, who, who were supposed to be the guardians of music and have now gone woke, which means destroy the greatest music as the greatest thing we can offer audiences. We now choose pieces based as, as much on political relevance and political messages or the race and gender of the composer. Philadelphia Orchestra is one of the worst in this regard in the country. Philadelphia is a 
sad place. What's happened to a great city is its own story. The people in charge of preserving the beauties, the great things of the West, are destroying them, like the classics department at Princeton University. Unsurprisingly, this former professor at Princeton, normal people found this move embarrassing, that you don't have to take a semester of Latin or Greek to get a degree at Princeton in classics. All the more so, as it was made in part to further the anti-racist agenda. (laughs) That's right, study of the classics, because the Greeks and Romans are perceived as white. So therefore the classics has to change. The classics department, the classics curriculum. He gave a Zoom talk at a conference in Athens. He was not introduced. Not a single person applauded. Not a single person asked the question. He has essentially become a non-person, Joshua Katz. I reported on him. I'm going to try to have him on. They have a, a whole series of articles about what was the let's see what is the uh, let me see if I could find the word is it death no not death there there is a there is actually a movement to extinguish the classics maybe dying maybe dying was the word yeah okay here we go What makes the classic? Oh, no, that's uh, studying. Anyway, they have a whole series of uh, of professors speaking about the classics not worth preserving. Listen, what what good does the left preserve? I'm, I'm actually going to give you a moment to think about this. What good from the past, or even the present, does the left preserve? You understand how easy it is to destroy and how difficult it is to build? The university was once somewhat of a glory in Western civilization. It is now the antipathy center of Western civilization. So what uh, Annabella said about what was done to her, the left can mock it all they like, but most of us know she told the truth. We return. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today, and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special available to my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as twenty nine ninety eight, Mike is now changing the game with his three piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. This set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with the promo code Prager. Don't miss out on these extraordinary offers. There's a limited supply. 
so be sure to order now. 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code Prager. So I'm uh, reading to you a piece by Joshua Katz, professor of classics until last year at Princeton, highly regarded in his field by his colleagues at Princeton. But uh, he wrote a piece about wokeness, and that ended his career. Listen to this to give you an idea of the moral quality, the cowardice, that is a sine qua non of college teaching. If you're not a coward, it's very hard to rise in academia, let alone be a president or a dean. Cowardice is, is, is essential in your resume. Exactly one of my 16 non-retired former colleagues in the Department of Classics at Princeton University, has been in touch touch since I was fired last May. I'll continue with that in a moment. I want you to understand non-retired. See, the retired, they, they don't fear being fired. They don't fear, but you won't be fired if you're in touch with Joshua Katz and you teach at the Classics Department at Princeton. It's that you don't want to be on the outs with your colleagues, to be to actually be a human being and contact your former colleague. One of my 16 non-retired former colleagues in the Department of Classics at Princeton University has been in touch since I was fired last May and almost none of them have spoken or written so much as a single word to me in two and a half years. When a friend made the mistake of simply mentioning my name to a Princeton classicist over a year ago, the reaction was shock. We don't talk about him. Yep. Yep. It, it's it's so sad. You know how long it took me in my life not to revere the word professor? It's still, there's still a residue of admiration when I hear someone is a professor of classics or history. To think, oh, this person is, has so much knowledge in that field. The person has devoted his or her life to the study of the great thinkers from from the ancient world. But they're losers. They're pathetic losers. Nearly every one of them. A former student and colleague of mine was profiled in a New York Times magazine piece in February of last year, 2021. Quote, He wants to save classics from whiteness. This is the propaganda organ known as the New York Times. New York Times is on the same level as Princeton. He wants to save classics from whiteness, read the title. 
What does that mean? Quote, he thinks classicists should knock ancient Greece and Rome off their pedestal, even if that means destroying their discipline, read the subheading. That's right. Classicists should knock ancient Greece and Rome off their pedestal. So what exactly do you put instead? Well, I'll tell you what you put instead. What the University of Pennsylvania English Department did when they took down the mural of Shakespeare. They put up a mural of a female. Shakespeare was male. Lesbian, Shakespeare was, to the best of our knowledge, heterosexual. Non-white, Shakespeare was white. And non-West, she was from, I believe, the Caribbean. Well, I guess that you could say it's part of the West. So, that's debatable. That's what is happening. The number of people, last night I met with a spectacular group of people outside of Denver, and it was remarkable to speak to some of them, good, decent, intelligent people, and how many of them, their children have been lost to the cult of leftism. My heart breaks for them. one Prager 776 Are you a successful loan officer in the mortgage business looking to grow your business in 2023? Are you looking for a dynamic and supportive work environment with the team I trust? Are you looking for a wonderful culture with people that share your values? Andrew Del Rey and Ted Avakian of andrewandtodd.com are looking for experienced loan officers to join their team. They're looking for people that value their clients and are solution-based problem solvers. Maybe you've worked in an environment that treats loan officers and their clients like a number, and you're ready for a real and meaningful change. They have offices in Southern California, but service clients nationwide. So whether you're in California or out of state, I invite you to talk to them about joining their team. Call them at 888-888-1172. That's 888-1172. Or click the Join Our Team button at andrewandtodd.com. Hey, all Dennis Prager here. The left uh, destroys everything it touches. This is example number 23. I have a list of 20 on the internet. I'll, I'll put it up specifically so you can see it. Wall Street Journal today. Americans are losing trust in the military. The rise of woke politics has undermined public confidence in the brass. Yeah. The current era is marked by fading trust in U.S. institutions. Thank you, left. You've destroyed them all. But confidence in one pillar has held up the military. But now even that is eroding. And the question is whether the brass will get the message. 
The Reagan Institute releases an annual survey of public attitudes on national defense. This year, only 48% reported having a great deal of confidence in the U.S. military. That's down from 70% four years ago. Wow. Overwhelming majority to a minority. This is consistent with other surveys. Pew Research this year noted a 14-point drop since 2020 in Americans who said they had a great deal of confidence in the military to act in the public's interest. The Reagan poll asked Americans what is driving the decline. It isn't the ability to carry out missions or win in a fight. It is, quote, things going on outside the core competencies of the military. Call it politicization, call it wokeness, but that's where you can connect the dots, said the Roger Zakheim of the Reagan Institute. 62% said military leadership becoming overly politicized reduced their confidence, some or a great deal. This includes trust in civilians who give the orders. Americans offered some of the worst ratings for decisions made by presidents, and the U.S. retreat from Afghanistan comes to mind. I oppose that retreat, as many of you know. I, I, don't, I don't, wouldn't have cared if a Republican did it. It wasn't a Republican who did it. It is amazing to me how intelligent people... I'll return to this very important piece in the Wall Street Journal in a moment. But it is amazing to me how very intelligent people can ask questions that they think are intelligent and which I find meaningless. Like, what are we going to do? Stay there indefinitely? Why, why is that a determinative question? I'm sure to many of you listening... And I I certainly don't want to insult any of you listening, but I have never said anything in order to curry favor with anyone. Why Why is that a determinative or even intelligent question? If that's what it takes to to prevent Afghanistan from sinking under the leadership of of sick religious people, just as there are so many sick, secular people, and with so few American casualties, why why wouldn't we stay? I didn't understand the argument for not. We've stayed indefinitely in Germany, indefinitely in Japan, indefinitely in Korea. Look at how these places have thrived. Look at how good it is for the United States to have such allies. Or, or what about this? Well, what's the end game? The end game is to prevent extremely evil people from taking over a country. That's the end game. Why is that a bad end game? That's not our business. America shouldn't be the world's policeman. Well, who would you like to be the world's policeman? The United Nations? China? If not the United States, who? Would you like to be the world's policeman? Or do you deny that a world's policeman is necessary? That's about as intelligent as defund the police. 
It's in fact, it's the same exact thing. America should not be the world's policeman is an international version of the domestic claim of calling for defunding the police. There is no difference. We're the police on the international scene, and you want to defund it, you'll have the exact same results as defunding the police within the United States. So, so much for the retreat from Afghanistan. 52% also had reduced confidence in uniformed officers. Only 52%? Half-sided so-called woke practices undermining military effectiveness. Some of these episodes, a brouhaha over maternity flight suits, are overblown, but others are revealing. An An admiral suggested last year that to increase diversity, the Navy should consider reviving the practice of looking at photos in promotion boards. In other words, to make decisions based explicitly on race. General Mark Milley's speech to Congress last year that he wanted to understand white rage. Remember him? He's the head of the Joint Chiefs, the biggest military man in America. In response to reasonable inquiries about whether cadets at West Point should be learning critical race theory was a lapse in judgment. I salute the editors at the Wall Street Journal. The understated language they use is admirable. A lapse in judgment? Many Americans think the military is no longer an institution that runs on excellence, merit, and individual submission to a larger cause. Because it isn't. And what about the kicking out of the brave young men and women who won't get vaccinated? They may have saved their lives. Back in a moment. So as you know, I read the comments. Let's see here. Okay. Trying to hear me. I'm broadcasting today from from Denver, everybody. So I always read comments on articles. Always. If the article... Uh, was one, I think, important, left or right, or or neither. So the Wall Street Journal editorial has over 1,000 comments on how Americans are losing faith in the military because of the cowards who run it. Uh, the, it was be, the decimation of the military in favor of wokeness began under Barack Obama. The amount of destruction that man did in the country has been dwarfed by the amount of destruction done by Joe Biden, but it shouldn't be underestimated. So the very most popular comment on the Wall Street Journal article is this. If you set out to destroy the United States without having to fire a shot, what would you do differently than the American left has done in the last few decades? From our grade school classrooms to our military barracks, the woke lunatics on the left infect and destroy everything they touch. So I, I don't presume that this man has read me or heard me, but he might have. I've been saying this for decades. 
Everything the left touches, it destroys. I'm thinking because the question becomes, what animates these people? That's a very, very tough question to answer. What animates the destroyers? One of the many answers, there are many answers because it's so complex, is secularism plus affluence equals boredom, and boredom leads to leftism. You need some purpose, and destroying gives you purpose, believe it or not. Well, anyway, I end this, uh, this hour with an appeal to you as Christmas comes up to go to the Angel Tree banner at my website. $25 gets a kid whose parent is in prison a gift and an introduction to the world of the Bible. It's a beautiful campaign. It's called the Angel Tree Campaign. Please donate. The banner is at DennisPrager.com or just call them at 888 We return after the break. And you have no idea the internal debate I undergo when I bring to you scary developments. But at least you know I'm not here to see life through rose-colored glasses. I'm here to see life realistically and then have a call to arms. The fears that half of America have about the world controlling you, international bodies controlling you, is a very legitimate fear. The They just had a G20 meeting And the leaders in Bali, I read to you from a piece in Unheard, the leaders of the world's largest economies, that's what the G20 is, issued a joint declaration that, among other things, called for the establishment of a global vaccine passport and digital health ID scheme. The statement reads... We acknowledge the importance of shared technical standards and verification methods under the framework of the IHR, as the IHR, International Health, I guess, something, to facilitate seamless international travel, interoperability, and recognizing digital solutions and non-digital solutions, including proof of vaccinations. In other words, the most powerful economies in the world agreed that there should be a vaccine passport developed, and eventually you will have to have what the international health authorities like the World Health Organization, say you should have, or you can't travel. 
The right to travel, one of the most fundamental rights that a human being has, will be taken away if you do not follow the vaccine regimen that Pfizer and other pharmaceutical companies persuade the international health organizations to adopt. The movement towards curtailing your freedom, which began two years ago, I wrote two years ago, actually more than two years ago, I wrote in the beginning of 2020 an article, I hope you'll read it now, that this is a dress rehearsal for a police state. I was right. I'm very unhappy that I was right, but that's what it is. There will be a police state in the name of health. But a police state is a police state, whatever the name is. During the business panel held ahead of the G20 summit, Indonesia's Minister of Health, Budi Gunadi Sadikin made the same recommendation in even starker terms. Let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by who? The World Health Organization. If you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. Then you can move around. Human beings will sacrifice freedom so readily that it is almost on the bottom of the list of desirable things in life. It is, of course, what gives us dignity. The United States was an outlier in its affirmation of individual liberty as the most important value in a society and one to be protected by government. It is no longer an outlier. The Biden administration, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the rest of the media, and virtually all of academia agree with the Indonesian Minister of Health. Sadiqan added that G20 countries have agreed to the proposal and now plan to introduce it as a revision at the next World Health Assembly scheduled for May 2023 in Geneva. The idea is that the World Health Organization should be given legally binding powers, legally binding powers, to implement such measures in the future. Okay? This is an attempt to give its sweeping powers to dictate public health measures to countries with the full backing of international law potentially overriding their national sovereignty. That's right. I grew up a liberal Democrat. I was a Democrat until the Reagan era. And I regarded the views of people on the right, fear of international organizations overriding our sovereignty as wild. I was taught these are just right-wing, ultra-right, far-right fantasies. Turns out that on virtually every issue, these people dismissed by even liberals, not just leftists, as cuckoo, 
turned out to be right. Their batting average is almost a thousand. The reform would effectively transform the World Health Organization into something akin to a world health government with unprecedented powers to overrule the decisions of national governments in all matters of public health. But of course it's not just matters of public health, because if you can't travel, it's not a matter of just public health, it's a matter of your freedom to travel. Given the highly questionable role it played throughout the COVID pandemic and its well-known dependence on private philanthro-capitalist institutions, first and foremost the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, there are a few people who have done more harm in their lifetime than Bill Gates, but not many. I'm adding that. A colossal fool. When you make as much money as he did, it is very tempting to think you're wise. The correlation between wealth and wisdom is zero. The correlation between poverty and wisdom is zero. There is no monetary correlation with, with wisdom. Just, that's all it is. There are wise, wealthy people. But it's not because they're wealthy. It has nothing to do with it. They're wise despite their wealth. This is a rather alarming prospect. Mainstream fact-checkers have been quick to point out that even if the treaty were approved, the World Health Organization would have no capacity to force member states to comply with public health measures. But while it is true that any law that isn't backed by force is ultimately a paper tiger, such rebuttals ignore the way in which such a treaty could bolster the ability of governments to implement overreaching measures under the guise of public health precisely by engaging in blame shift towards the World Health Organization. Quote, it's out of our hands. We're just doing what they're telling us to do. That's what the, the, the national governments will say. They equally ignore, this is a very intelligent piece, we should put it up at DennisPrager.com. They equally ignore the peer pressure, that peer pressure exists even among nation states. Countries can be cajoled into taking certain measures simply by painting refuseniks as pariah states, as Sweden knows all too well. And the refusal to implement a legally binding international agreement would certainly put any government under enormous pressure. That's right. That's the point. Like I read to you last hour, the colleagues at the Princeton Classics Department, only one of whom has ever spoken to Joshua Katz since this outlier was fired by Princeton for his views. People succumb to peer pressure and nations succumb to peer pressure. The only hope is that a Democrat not be re-elected president. That's it. It's as simple as that. But you know what? This will have no effect on, on people who vote Democrat. If they memorize this entire piece that I'm reading to you, it would have no effect on them. 
I don't know why. Does it have an effect on you? 1-8 Prager 776. Portions of the Dennis Prager Show are brought to you by Sierra Pacific Mortgage. I would love to know if your brother-in-law who votes Democrat is scared by this article that I'm reading to you about the adoption at the, at the just-ended G20 conference, 20 Most Powerful Economies, of an agreement to have an international vaccine passport. You won't be able to travel unless you get the vaccine that they demand that you have. It's remarkable what ignoramuses run our countries. It, it is, it's just, it, it's, it's beyond belief that they still believe in the usefulness of the COVID vaccine. I read to you about an Israeli professor at MIT who is, uh, just came out and spoke about the, the staggering increase in myocarditis in young men under 25 years of age in Israel. He's an Israeli who teaches at MIT. You're an idiot. You're doing the indefensible if you give your child this vaccine. It's... Uh, The, the contempt on the left for science is as great as their lying about being protectors of science. They don't give a crap about science. They give a crap about power. They give a crap about feeling safe. And they have, they have given up their own ability to think to the authorities, to the experts, because that's what you're taught. You can't think. That's the lesson of college. You are an idiot. Experts know everything, and if you challenge them, you are an idiot. That's what you're taught. My latest column, I beg you to read, up at DennisPrager.com and elsewhere, is why most experts are fools. Yes, most. Don't take their advice. Listen to their expertise in their limited, narrow area, but don't take their advice. As a general rule, experts are idiots. They're idiot savants. They know a lot about a little, and that's it. Experts say, I almost always know I'm about to hear something truly stupid. because they don't ask the most important question for wisdom. What's the price paid? What's the downside? Let's lock up schools. Any expert who said let's lock up schools and not let kids go should never, ever, ever, ever be listened to again. That includes, needless to say, the very bad people who run teachers' unions. God, my admiration for Mike Pompeo rose exponentially when he condemned the uh, the head of the National Education Association. What is it, Roberta Weintraub? She's up there with Bill Gates and George Soros and others as doing 
more harm than almost any living human being in America to America. It's quite a uh, quite an epitaph to have later on in, when you leave this world. Very few people did as much harm as she. Every parent who went along with this should apologize to their kids. And I'm big on parental authority. Whew. You okay with uh, passports? Hmm. All right, let's see here. Chicago, Illinois. Jim, hello. Hello. Hello, Dennis. Great show as usual. Um, I could not agree with anything more than you've probably said on any broadcast and what's going on right now. Um, this whole thought, even the thought of using digital passports internationally is so appalling to me. And I, I walk around and try to tell people, and I, well, you know, most will agree, but there's some people, well, you know, they're keeping us safe. And I'm going, man, that's the oldest lie and the oldest tool they've ever used, and they continue to use it. So keep doing what you're doing. Spread the truth. I'm glad to hear you're talking about there is a whole, um, a whole, a whole bunch of people. I might be a small group that are pushing this vaccine passport. And if I could say something to your audience, this is a bad, bad thing if they pull it off. So, God bless. Yep, you're right. You're right. That's right. It is a wonder that so many people support it. The G20 supports it. Of course, the Biden regime, and I've never called an American administration a regime before. It's a corrupt police state that he is creating. The use of government, the government to, to uh, persecute ideological foes is essentially unprecedented. This is a real battle, my friends, because freedom is not valued as much as power and control. There is one country that has a massive opposition to this. It's still called the United States of America. I could see the vaccine passport causing or being a cause of a civil war. You won't let me travel? Hmm. I will not take that. One eight Prager 776. The Dennis Prager Show. I made a big mistake in, in a name last segment. Very, very sad mistake to me because the name I gave is someone I loved. I meant Randy Weingarten as this terrible human being of the American Federation of Teachers, one of the few people who, uh, of whom it could be said she made the world much worse. She's a completely destructive influence on America's children with what she has done at the American Federation of Teachers. And I said Roberta Weintraub. Roberta Weintraub 
is the woman who got me into radio. Speaking to my friend George at uh, KBC, my first station, I have great love for this woman who is a wonderful human being. It has been a curse in my life, names, since I, I got a girlfriend's name wrong after dating her for six months when I was in graduate school. And this is, it's genetic. My brother has the same thing. It is what it is. It's, it's not uh, paralyzing, but that's what happened. And anyway, it's my apologies to the Weintraub family. Roberta was a, is a phenomenal woman and a great, uh, great influence in my life. Uh, Randy Weingarten is the one I'm referring to. Pompeo, Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, challenges Randy Weingarten to a debate on her threat to America, Fox News report. She'll never debate. They never debate. These people don't debate. When you have the entire media on your, on your side, or the main, what they call the mainstream media, what do you need to debate for? I really like Mike Pompeo, I must say. If he were the next president of the United States, I would celebrate greatly. He labeled her the most dangerous person in the world in an interview last week. That's gutsy. It means he follows life. A lot of these politicians, they don't know they don't know what's going on. They truly don't. Anyway, I'm reading to you, and by the way, I want to thank a caller, Rich in Altadena, for the correction. Thank you so much. I hate misrepresenting a name. Okay, so I'm going to let you go, and I thank you uh, for that. That was a very big help. So the uh, G20 have agreed on a on having a vaccine passport initiated, a digital ID. This fantastic article, the notion of a digital ID that, quote, gives you access to services is also troubling because it implies that your right to access services in question could be switched off at any moment. This is not some dystopian hypothetical scenario. In countries such as Italy, France, and Israel, double vaccinated citizens lost their status when passports came to require a third booster dose in 2021 to 22. In Chile, that status was extended to a fourth dose in May 2022. A glimpse into what this may mean for the future was offered in June when a protest planned by hundreds of bank depositors in central China seeking access to their frozen funds was thwarted when authorities turned their health code apps red, making it impossible for them to travel. Justin Trudeau, a a true communist in Canada, trying to make Canada into Castro's Cuba, the only Western leader to have praised Castro when he died, And you saw what he did with the trucker strike, demanding that banks no longer allow these people to have access to their own money. Every leftist is a totalitarian. 
liberals are not totalitarian, liberals vote for totalitarians. Because they don't want to acknowledge what I'm saying. Leftism is totalitarianism. Everywhere, wherever it can, they, they, they're often thwarted. But if they could control all of your lives, they would. How is this connected to the Great Reset, a term which has come to encompass all the allegedly nefarious plans being hatched by the World Economic Forum and by its cartoonishly villainous chairman, Klaus Schwab? Well, for one, Schwab was invited to speak at the G20. (laughs) That's interesting in and of itself. Where he claimed that the current, quote, economic, political, social, and ecological institutional crisis represents an opportunity for, quote, a deep systemic and structural restructuring of our world. Wow. Hope that sank in. A fundamental aspect of this brave new world envisioned by Schwab is the so-called Fourth Industrial Revolution, which in his own words consists in the, quote, the fusion of our physical, digital, and biological entities. Digital IDs in this sense should be understood as just the first step in a revolution aimed at completely blurring the lines between our bodies and emerging emerging technologies, such as robotics, artificial intelligence, etc. That's right. Vaccine passport is the the beginning of the end of liberty and privacy in this world. It's so ironic. Roe v. Wade was determined on the right to privacy. You have a right to privacy if you want to kill the baby you're carrying at any time in your pregnancy. That's that's called the right to privacy. But digital IDs, now, don't talk to me about a right to privacy. Bad stuff, my friends. Really bad stuff down the pike. The G20 agreed to it. 20 wealthiest nations. The disappointments that I have had in the last few years in so many of my fellow Americans acting like sheep in allowing their children to be hurt terribly for no good reason whatsoever. In Israel, which I have great admiration for, being as paranoid on this issue as any other country, with its own sheep-like behavior, and its own rules about being vaccinated. In the Mormon church, obeying secular, irrational authority, so I have such great admiration for for LDS. The people it produces are generally wonderful. It's hard to think of an institution that didn't uh, fail. The question is, will they learn their lessons? Americans apparently didn't. They keep voting Democrat. 
watching their cities ruined. It's a great article in the Wall Street Journal about now the four largest cities in the country all have black mayors. I have said for decades, political power is meaningless to a a racial, religious, ethnic group. Meaningless. The most successful ethnic group, one of the two, three most successful ethnic groups in America are Asian Americans. They have extremely little political power. So what? So what? All these people, these, these black mayors, they're in it for their own love of power. They love it. Like white, like most whites on the left. They love power. It's nothing to do with their being black. But they run as if it's a great thing for blacks to have a black mayor. Really? Tell that to the people. What is it? New York, Chicago, Philadelphia. Is that right? Philadelphia and L.A. Well, that, that's really something. Same thing with the, uh, the women's groups. That, oh, we, need, we need more women in Congress. Really? How has that helped women? The average American woman happier today than when there were very few women in Congress? I doubt it. Okay, let's see. L.A. and Dave. Hello, Dave. Dennis, how are you? Well. Very good. I'm a longtime listener. We go back to uh, Religion on the Line. I've talked to you a couple times, but Dennis, I don't understand. I'd like some clarity uh, on your vaccine policy in general. If if there was an outbreak with the new virus that killed, let's say, 50% of everyone who came in contact with it, who would you want to oversee policy to combat it, the politicians or the medical community? And also, I'm curious to know what your brother's position in general is about vaccines like polio, etc., I don't know my brother's position on the polio vaccine. Certainly, I have been for it, and I had, and I, t- and I took it. Uh, to answer your question, and it's a very fair one. It's I, I knew you would differ, and that's why I took your call. So, I, a, a quick answer here, Dave. I don't trust the politicians, and I don't trust the medical community. I distrust them equally. The medical community, as a community, has lost all credibility. Not a lot of credibility. All credibility. American Medical Association announced a couple of years ago that we should not list the sex of a child born on its birth certificate because we don't know the sex. Okay? That's the American Medical Association. The uh, Association of whatever it's called, pediatricians or pediatrics, is equally corrupt. The children's hospitals of this country are almost unanimous in their favoring the the cutting off of girls' breasts if the girl says that she is a boy from from the age of 18, and I have verified that some have done it under 18. These are evil people who run a lot of the medicine in the United States. Evil. So you ask me who I would trust if there was an outbreak killing vast numbers of people? I, I'll tell you whom I would trust. I would trust the doctors who signed the Great Barrington Declaration. Those I would trust. 
And if they said there's, a, there's an important vaccine, I would take it. Okay? You earn credibility, Dave. I don't mean you. All of us. I've earned it in the last three years. I think I've earned it in 40. But by golly, I certainly earned it in the last three. We continue. On a clear day. Anyone who wants to protect America should also want to protect Israel. Ambassador Robert O'Brien, former National Security Advisor in the Trump administration, explains exactly why. See the new video at PragerU.com where we teach what should be taught. Hey, thank you, by the way, to all the great folks at KNUS, my Denver station. I would like to mention the general manager's name, but I won't. I, I, I'm sorry. I feel terrible. <laughs> All right, I'm whispering it, Brian Taylor. I did it. I did it. You can't say I... I uh, you're getting applause. I can't believe it. All right. I, is this... Uh, so let me see. In New Jersey, is this a doctor? Sir, are you a doctor? Yes. I'm Dr. Craig Wax, uh, family physician and signer of the great... Barrington Declaration. Oh, wow. Bless your soul. I'm so also on the board of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons out of Tucson, Arizona, since 1943. Since 1943? Well, I haven't been around for that long, but the group's been around, and they oh, have okay. <laughs> yeah. think and the government takeover of medicine. That's very good. Good to know about that. So why don't you, why don't you think of my response, that you're the doctors, yes. the ones who signed the Great Barrington. I would trust you in any pandemic. Well, I appreciate that because, you know, any physician worth his or her salt would trust a patient on what they believe and think and, and have to co-pilot these things because, frankly and honestly, individual rights and responsibilities trump any kind of group think or right so let me ask you we don't have much time i'm very curious how did your physician colleagues react to your signing that declaration to be honest with you um i've been at odds with a lot of my physician colleagues because i go with what the patient's experience is what my experience is and what other physicians worldwide experiences um i don't go with what the AMA tells me to do. Frankly and honestly, the AMA makes their money off billing and coding that they sell to government and insurance companies. There's probably less right. than 10% of physicians. So nine, they don't, they reckon, they don't. That's true. I know that. I know. I wish we could talk longer. I, I'd like to talk to you at length. In the meantime, please go to my website and contribute to the Angel Tree Campaign million and a half kids have a parent in prison. It's a tragedy. This is this takes care of these kids, gives them a Christmas gift, brings them religion. Another great gift. $25 helps a kid. Go to the Angel Tree Campaign banner at DennisPrager.com. Thank you.
Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.